Welcome into DMVR Buffs Live, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I've got Ryan Konigsberg here. We just got back from Boulder, and we have a lot to talk about with that spring game. We sure do. Um, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. We actually haven't talked about it all. Like, you got here before me. I came in, talked a little bit about the Rockies, My the, the new guy working at my dad's pro shop in Montana. Yep. Didn't talk anything about football, so I'm curious what you think. We didn't even talk about our big Madden matchup that we have. Coming oh up. my goodness, we might have to we might have to stream that one, like big stream that one, not just for the Madden league. Or like send send out the tweets. Send out the tweets, exactly. Yeah. It's a big game. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. It's possible. Yep, All it's right. possible. We'll talk about it. It'll come up later on. Don't worry. As it relates to the spring game, I have good news and I have bad news. Which do you want first? I think I know what the bad news is. What's the good news? I don't think you know what either is. Oh, I'm glad then. Okay, you want the that good means news first. That means there's at least two parts of bad news. Okay, the good news is that Brendan Lewis has made huge strides. I'm glad you said that. Um, he looks like a quarterback out there now. He's stepping up in the pocket. He's seeing the field. He's getting through his reads. Um, and it's a really weird place to be because everyone was done with him last year yeah you know and for good reason he was you know largely very bad uh for a lot of the season and so it's it's hard to be like super high on brendan lewis because you just have that in your head of like what you saw from him in the games yep. but he is a very improved product i agree and you know this was this has kind of been the the talk of camp so Day one, Carl comes out and he's smiling and giggling and just so excited to tell everybody about how good Brendan looked and says, you know, first thing, as soon as practice was over, we're doing the cool down stretches, had to go find Brendan, had to tell him it was a fabulous practice because he looks like a totally different player this this spring. Flash forward to the, the first scrimmage of the spring. So we get to see a spring game. We get to see that other scrimmage. Those are the two of the 15 practices that are open to media and the public. Yep. And the arm strength seems to have taken a bit of a step yep. you know he's out there going through the drills with jt and you're like okay this is this is actually pretty comparable where you thought jt had a pretty significant edge but then there were a bunch of plays like there was a three-play stretch in particular in that scrimmage where he could have hit jay lee in the flat and instead just decided to run the ball himself and it probably works out to be the same game but that's the type of thing where it's make the throw show yeah, you can make yeah. the throw rolls out fades away two throwaways on back-to-back -back plays after that, and you're like, okay, this seems like old Brendan there. But I agree. Today he did seem to be in control of what was happening. Yeah, I think it's 12 of 18. Yep. Uh, threw a touchdown late. Um, I, I liked what I saw from him, and he even looks a little bit faster to me. Um, huh. Like, you know, there's that situation where the edge kind of comes free, and then he, like, bails out. And multiple times he just smoked that edge rusher yep. uh, to the edge and made plays with his feet or with his arm. So that's the good news. The good news is Brendan Lewis looks like a player. He does. He does look like a player. It's a, and that's a, that's a big improvement. I, are you going offensive line with the bad news? Nope. Oh, I'm no. staying with Brendan Lewis. Okay. The bad news is I think this team goes as far as Brendan Lewis will take them. Huh. And, I think that's fair. And the reason that's bad news is because we just – it's hard to be, like I said earlier, it's hard to be really high on Brendan Lewis. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be the quarterback. Um, neither – none of the other players on the field 
did anything for me. That's fair. Uh, obviously, JT Stroud is kind of a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he was out there, he struggled. Meh. Like at best. it was crazy. He went three for three on those first three seven on seven passes, but there was one that like must have gone through the defender's hands. Yep. You're just like, how is that not intercepted? Yep. Should have pick six. There was another throw later on that. Like it, it was a defender in the in a blue jersey, mm-hmm. like the non-contact jersey, and he hits him right in the hands. You're like, did did he just think that's an offensive player? Because like Jalen Jackson's also wearing the blue jersey. Maybe he got confused. But there there were some bad reads out there, and you could yeah. see him out there talking with Mike Sanford about a couple a couple of them. But that was not a sharp day for JT. No, and and I just if it's taking him this long to get back, like obviously fall camp will be his kind yep. of first shot. Whereas Brennan Lewis trending up, 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 more yep. athletic. All of those things, he's going to be the, the quarterback of this team, in my opinion. And there are not a lot of other players out there on offense that make you say, "Oh, that guy can carry the load." You know, Deion yep. Smith, some nice runs. Yep. You don't look at him though as a bell cow. This is our offense kind yep. of guy. Um, R.J. Sneed looks dope. He does look dope. Um, he's only as good as Brendan Lewis. Then that's the thing about the receivers. You know, Daniel Arias doing Daniel Arias things. He's not what, able to like... Balls in the br- like exactly. <laughs> Where it's like, it's 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 a 50-50 ball on any yeah. of those deep balls. It doesn't matter what the defense does. It's just, is Daniel going to catch it or not? He's talented enough to catch all of them, yeah. but instead you wind up with about half of them. Also, it's like, ah. did one of my least favorite things in all of sports, maybe caught a six-yard pass, and then did the first down symbol. <laughs> I was like, bro, you're not even close to the sticks. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Um, but, you know, he's talented. Yeah. RJ Sneed, really talented. It looked like he got rolled up on a little bit on that end around, didn't come back. Yeah, he, he did not come back. He didn't even go to the locker room. I'm pretty sure he just came off. It's one of those where, like, you made it to this point right. healthy. Don't Let's not mess with, with it. it. Yeah. Um, and so that offense is not going to have someone else to ride. Yep. Uh, we didn't see Fontenot. He's hurt. Okay, he's hurt. Yep. Um, again, but again, like average, average yes. starting Pac-12 back. Not bell cow, nope. ride him all the way. Um, well, you know what what Jarek Broussard was for this team two years yep. ago. Uh, so that's my thought. Is obviously you're going to rely heavily on the defense because mm-hmm. this is not going to be a high flying point mm-hmm. producing offense. And if the defense can even come through in that way for you. You still got a score point. You know, how many times last year did we see the defense put out, uh, you know, a yeoman's effort and the offense score seven points? Yeah. I mean, that was the story of the season. And I do think, like, again, Brendan looks to be quite a bit better, I think. And just with the changes in coaching, even if there were no changes in coaching, even if you brought that whole offense back, just the – the odds of having another offense as bad as that offense was, like it was almost impossible to repeat. Like you need bad breaks even for that to happen. So the, they should at least be bad yes. or below average. but Not awful. Yeah, and it's like if they can take that step and wind up being like solid, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you could be talking about something. But yeah, they should at least be able to get you 14 points a game. <laughs> that is such a low bar. Exactly. Let's that say such a low bar. Not 14 points a game. 14 points in every game. They should yes. They as should. a baseline, not as an average. In college football, in the Pac-12 <laughs> conference, you damn well better be able to score 14 points in every single game. True, but I think it's actually going to happen. And again, that's a step in the right direction. It totally is. And, and again, I'm like, 
I like want I I left that wanting to be high on Brendan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like I think he is completely capable of yep. being a solid starter in the Pac-12. And if you have a mm-hmm. solid starter in the Pac-12, you're scoring not just 14 <laughs> points in every game, but probably 21 yeah, points in every game. Totally. And again, you just look at the guy. And it's like you just physically have aged a year. Like you are now 20 years old, you're a little more cut. Like the baby fat is gone. And you actually look like somebody who, if you were to go into a meeting with an NFL team, I'm not saying like he's an NFL prospect, but like he is capable. Yeah. It's not just like something you laugh at the idea of. Like that is a that is an actual quarterback that you have now, and we'll see what he's actually going to be able to do. I, I, I'm low key excited for him, um, just because I think that he has a chance for like a really great mm-hmm. redemption story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of people forget this, and and this is what I hope happens for him. Nobody likes Cepho Lufau as a, as a freshman. Yep. You know, like, he his arm looked weak. Um, he was only really able to make the simple reads, um, which, you know, blame who you want. There really weren't even any simple reads out there for Brenton Lewis last year. Yep. Um, but no one was saying, like, oh, this guy is going to be the quarterback who eventually takes us to our best season in the last two decades. And he did. You know, he was that guy at the end. He was a warrior. Mm-hmm. He was their short yardage fullback. He was a very competent quarterback. He made plays with his arm. He made plays with his feet. And I think Brendan Lewis is at least trending in the direction of being able to do that. One thing for Cepho, he got a little bit better every year. I think Brendan can make a huge leap this year and then build off of that. Yep. And there's just, again, so many reasons to think that things will be better. Like, even if if talent-wise nothing changes, you still look at the fact that just little stuff like if if there's a run to the right and they're stacking the right side of the box, the quarterbacks are now allowed to just flip that run to the left. And there's there's just like things like that where it's just like, hey, that is just a necessary part of having an offense in 2022. And that is now a part of what's happening. Throw in just like smart coaches. You know, the, I was talking to Noah Fenske yesterday that the he's competing for the starting center job with Austin Johnson. And he was saying like, yeah, we're just we might be the smartest team whenever we play somebody like we are all really smart. Like we all know football now. And that did he say no offense. He should have, but we're going to be the smartest. <laughs> team. Oh my goodness. I talked to that man for like 10 minutes yesterday and never said no offense. <laughs> no offense. <ski. laughs> um, uh, for me, that could be so huge because you know, I'm by no means a football expert, uh, but I can sit out there in my seats around the 50-yard mm-hmm. line, look down at the way the defense is aligned and say, run the ball left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and so many times uh, last year, they just didn't do that. And yeah. it's like, you should be able to go out there. And mm-hmm. w- there's no po- – like, what is the point of having a quarterback on the mm-hmm. field if he can't look out at what he's seeing and be like, oh, mm-hmm. I know an adjustment that can help us here. Yeah, and Mike Sanford was saying on Monday that this was going to be a very vanilla – scrimmage yeah it was actually kind of a fun story i mean talking about last year when colorado put in the new defense he's part of minnesota's offensive staff that's going back and looking at every angle of the spring game trying to learn everything they can learn it's like i know what they're going to do we uh we are not going to put anything out there see i guess you first of all you take a little bit of what happened today with the grain of salt yes and know that even in the other scrimmage there was more going on you know more motions more more usage of a full back and and it's working more of an, the angles. It's an eye test game. Like we can't come here and be like, Mike Sanford's offense this or that, or the defense yeah. this or that, or 
Carl Durrell, like, what you can do is you can look out there and say, that guy looks like he belongs. He can play. That guy doesn't. Yep. Uh, and there's a couple other guys that I came away thinking that guy belongs. First of all, I think we should talk about RJ Sneed. Yep. Um, so I, f I feel like I'm going to make a bunch of Madden comps here. Love but this. This is a Madden comparison. <laughs> Love this. And it'll apply to you really well. Um, Brendan Lewis was a guy that you get. Or sorry, Brendan Rice. Man, I, I'm still doing it. He's not even on the team anymore. I know. Brendan Rice was a guy that you get in the draft, and you're like, oh, this guy has great speed and great athleticism, and his jumping is off the mm -hmm. charts. But his his route running is like, meh. Yeah. And it's harder. It's like hard to get him the ball all of a sudden because yep. you're like, oh, you have to like scheme up ways just to get this guy the ball. Which, first of all, they did an awful job of last year. So I'm not. This is not a takeaway from Brendan Rice. Like, yeah. you should look at him and be like, oh, what are all the things we can do to get him the ball as much as possible? They didn't do that. They were like, go run routes, and he was open sometimes. And, then and occasionally they'd throw the screen and he'd take it for a touchdown. Yes, exactly. Whereas R.J. Sneed is the guy that you get who's like a veteran. His stats aren't blowing you away yep. necessarily, but oh man, his route running is crisp. His mm -hmm. understanding of the game, like you can go, you watch him go and just like sit down in his own. He's <laughs> wide open. Um, and again, we only got a limited look at him today, but I'm like, oh, that is a polished college football receiver. It is just, he's a man. Yeah. He's a man out there. And the other thing, I, Daniel Arias is going to be 24 when this next season starts. Wow. Which is off topic, but when we're talking about men in that receiver's room, like, I get it. There's a lot of Daniel Arias hype, just like there is every year around this time. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really buy in. But, hey, 24 years old, maybe he figures it out. It looks like they're going to be rolling. He's going to be a big part. RJ's going to be a big part. You could see how those two could work well together. Montana's probably your number three. Maybe, maybe it's Chase Penry. Maybe it's Ty Robinson. But there's... With oh, these Chase wide Penry receivers, wasn't that, out there. he hasn't been out there all spring. I'm, okay. I'm, again, we, you don't know why anybody's not out there. Like occasionally you'll see like a guy on a scooter, and you're like, okay, it's an ankle thing. I can tell right there. This is yeah. no big deal. But with Chase, we've heard nothing, so I'm really curious what is going on here. Um, but I'm sure, he didn't transfer, and we just he just got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> Okay, there's a there's a lot being shuffled right now, so you can see how it could happen. But no, I he is he is a Colorado Buffalo, and I'm not I'm I'm not worried about it right now. The thing about Arius, and this will always be the truth for him. Mm -hmm. um, he is so capable of popping the top off of off of a defense. Yep, and that is so valuable to this team specifically, who I just don't see them being a dink and dunk you down the field consistently throughout a game convert their downs all that stuff yep. they're not gonna be that they're gonna need you know some big plays from brendan lewis out of the pocket they're gonna need some big plays down the field yeah and you just feel like you should be able to throw him three to four deep posts or nine routes every game and like come down with two exactly like, give me a 50 percent rate if you throw four you're going to think oh yeah he's about to catch this on every single one of them because he's a six, four freak of an athlete, but inevitably something's going to go wrong. And it's like today, today he had the one in the back of the end zone that could have been an incredible play, but then he slams his back onto the concrete behind the field and the ball comes out and anybody else. You're like, yeah, how do you catch that? That nobody's, nobody's catching that pass. That but then it's Daniel Arias. And it's like, Oh no, those are the ones you got to get yeah. just because of what we've seen. Yep. I mean, you just want to see him like going up there and high pointing the ball, catching it away from his body. And yep. even that one that he dropped today, that's like a body catch um, in the back of the end zone. And, you know, it falls it falls out of his hands when he got hurt a little bit, which 
I don't know what we can do because I never want to lose that Colorado across the back of the end zone. Like, it's so dope. But when somebody but, lands on it, it feels so stupid to have it there. 100%. It's like, wait, why do we... First, I mean, Folsom <laughs> is way too tight on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, we see it at least once a year where someone goes flying into the sidelines, flips over the bench, is, like, in the stands, basically. Yep. That's dangerous. And then, of course, the cement concrete in the background is also uh, dangerous as well. I'm just like, uh, how, can we keep this but somehow, like, move it back? I know. It's because just if somebody were to say, hey, I'm making a football field, I'm thinking five feet behind the field, there's a big slanted piece of concrete. Yes. You'd say, no, that's a terrible idea. Yes. But but when it's there, you can't move it because it's beautiful. And it looks so – it's like one of my uh, – it's, actually, it's my single favorite it. characteristic of Folsom Field, other than, like, yeah. the views and, you know – but, like, when you look in it and you just see that, you're like, yeah. that's sick. That's unique. No one else has that. And I've come a long way on that because – so I, I hadn't been to a football game there until – so my first was the Nebraska game 2019. Yeah. But growing up, I've, I played plenty of the NCAA games there. Uh, typically, it's the Rams. So don't tell anybody. Um, but then you go to that stadium, and I always thought, like, oh, that's kind of ugly. But it was because they did a horrible job putting it into the video game. It's actually in person. Like, it looks great. But the video games are always so bad. Uh, here's another thought that I've had that I haven't had a chance to share. When this NCAA video game comes out, CU better be all over the people who are designing these stadiums. Like, you better make sure the flat irons look as good as the flat irons oh, look. Yeah, yeah. You better make sure everything about the state, like the sunsets, all that stuff is perfect. Because that's, that's like the best recruiting advantage you have. Make sure all these high school kids who are playing at Folsom in their video games see how beautiful that stadium is. Good call. Good call. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to go on? I, yeah. I have some other players, but I think we can save them. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll save those for a second. Real quick. Um, actually, let's do this. DraftKings pick of the week. Oh, DraftKings pick on the spot. of the week. Uh, Jokic rebounds tomorrow. Don't uh, care what the number is. I wish I could bet on a Jokic ejection. Feels like a Jokic ejection kind of game. Things I get ugly. Like he punches. projecting last year's game four onto him. Uh, or this year's game two. Yeah, I mean, that was. I thought that was good load management on his part. Honestly, I did too. Two minutes <laughs> before he got ejected, I looked over at Spencer and Mitch and said, he should get himself kicked out here. And then Charlie he did. Yackman. And. Uh, because of the vibes, I didn't feel like flexing on it, but <laughs> it was uh, I was correct. Um, is that Chuck's first home run of the year? It's good stuff. Yeah, we love Chuck. Oh, second. They just said it on there. Wow. Slacking. Missed a game. Anyways, uh, Jokic rebounds. I'm guessing it's 13 and a half. Probably. I'll take the over. Okay, I'm in on that too. I like it. Um, Lightshade Dispensary is incredible for a bunch of reasons, including that it has Wana. So Wana is a gummy that uh you chew up it uh it helps you fall asleep yeah uh, they call it the fastest sleep optimal and uh chew a gummy? No way. yeah well i'm still loading this page it's taking forever internet's bad um and now i have all the details but yeah it's a 20 to 100 thc to cvd gummy uh they also slip in some of that uh, melatonin in there mm. so it helps you fall asleep in all the different ways it doesn't leave you feeling groggy like if you take like nyquil or something like that yeah i'm not sure in ads if you're allowed to bash others but I mean, I'm in on it. Too late now. It's live. Um, again, helps you fall asleep. We almost doxed a ref on this show once. We didn't get in trouble for <laughs> it. So, Tony Corrente. <laughs> no, Tony Everybody. Padilla. Oh, he was Tony Padilla, of course. Oh my goodness, I'm so out of touch at this point. Tony Padilla. Yeah, if anybody has anything to say to him, let us know. We can get you in touch. Um, but yeah, definitely take these goings if you have trouble sleeping. They'll make your eyelids feel heavy in five to fifteen minutes. 
Uh, and you, like I said, you can get those over at Lightshade. 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location's now open. It's a block off of 6th and Federal. It's the biggest Lightshade store with specialty products that aren't offered in other locations. And their 420 specials are still live for three more days. Uh, five of their best-selling products are buy one, get one for a dollar from April 20th to the 26th. Make sure you get in there. And as always, DNVR podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. We gave you the pick of the week, but there's so much other stuff that you can get in on. Same game parlays. That's been where I've been making my money. Um, I suggest you get on those, but if you're a new user, it's it's easy to see where you should start. Uh, just put $5 down on any NBA game, any one of these playoff games. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. You don't have to get your bet right. Just right away, you get that $150. It's a great deal. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. It's promo code DMVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports game partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right all right i'm out of breath after that my voice still isn't back from that nuggets game oh that's good those refs were so bad in like the first five minutes oh. that my voice was gone Fair. and i just sounded dumb and made it worse for the rest of that game but yeah it's we're dealing with it um let's jump into our our stars of the day who's your who's your biggest star well, all right. I'll give you my biggest. Uh, I would probably go Brendan Lewis, but since we already talked about him a lot, I'm giving okay. you my biggest star. You're gonna have to help me with the uh, the pronunciation here. Jack Hestera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I was hysterical watching him. Wow. Out, out there. Oh. Um, <laughs> this guy, dude. I I I texted you because I was really hoping you would say like, oh yeah, this is like a freshman they got five star or just even like three star <laughs> freshman because i was like this guy's awesome and I, I thought it was like someone that people could get hyped at hyped about but no he's actually awesome i don't care that he's a walk-on yeah um he gets open and he catches the ball i mean what else do you want from a guy um he made a nice contested catch on the throw from montana um, that was not a word typo right there no a speaking yes. typo that actually happened montana lamonius craig on the uh end around le is he lefty is that a left-handed? It pass? turns out yeah, nobody what, knew. Yeah, that's, that's, that was, that's why you use him. It is because you don't think it's going to happen on the left side of the field. No. Um, which I don't know why they would put that on tape, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> they, he he threw it. I mean, Hestera was miles behind the defense. <laughs> Montana underthrew him by about 15 yards, <sighs> and he came all the way back in between two guys. Contested catch, made the play, but after a couple like catches in seven on seven. I started watching him, and I was like, ooh, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Um, so I think he's legitimately going to play. I do, too. And make plays. I do, too. Um, he's th This isn't the first time that we've heard of him. Like, he's kind of coming out of nowhere. He's Jack Estera, the walk-on. But throughout camp, Carl Durrell has brought him up and said that he's looked impressive. Um, I'm pretty sure Phil McGagan had some nice things to say as well. But, you know, Carl brings up that he, he knows how to get open. They've, they've been using him a lot in the slot. Yep. Um, has has some speed to him, can stretch that seam a little bit. I agree. I think I think he's a part of what this offense is going to do this year. Um, between him and Penry, you know, this is uh, 
we've had this conversation outside of practice, just like while we wait for the interviews to all start, me and me and the reporter guys. Um, a little off topic, but how big of a drop off do you think it is from Dimitri Stanley to Chase Penry this season? It's so hard to tell because Dimitri was so underutilized the last, really last year mostly. Yeah. In really like the second half of the year before. Um, so slight. Yeah. And I think there is yeah. a drop off, but it's not. I mean, again, there's there must have been a reason he wasn't getting the ball. Yeah. And like he had some nagging injuries and stuff, but yeah. I, I mean, you look at this receivers room. I mean, if if we're saying Hester is somebody you're you're happy to see on the field, I mean Arias, Sneed, Montana, Ty Robinson, Chase Penry, and then you got Maurice Bell who made or no he he didn't catch that ball down the sideline. That was Hester on the next play in the seven on sevens from Brendan who did make that play on the sideline. Um, but Jalen Jackson's still around. Like there's yep. there's a lot of guys in there who who could be ready to to do something. Yeah, and if you look at the stats from like the. Tw- 11 on 11 i almost said 12 on 12 that would have been weird <laughs> um the 11 on 11 uh stuff like i think hysteria only ended up having two, two or three catches i think three catches for 50 yards is that what it was um mm-hmm. and that's not gonna blow you away but he was also getting the ball a bunch in the seven on seven yeah. so that one on the sideline particular yep where he Over wins the up shoulder, the sideline yep yep uh, slot fade yep you'll yep. love to see it um oh I'll, I'll shout out uh Let's go Alvin Williams. Mm. Alvin Williams looked really good today. You've got Mr. Williams back there. You've got Alvin Williams back there. I think both of those two guys are going to be really good players for Colorado Is in the future. 58? Alvin's 58. Yep. He had, like, the camo hoodie on yep. underneath. Yep. I didn't like it at first. Sure. It did. And then, and then he starts getting in the backfield, and you'll, you get excited about it. I made a point to kind of key in on this front seven, um, specifically because a lot of things are changing. You know, there's a lot more 4-3 this year. Guy Thomas is out there with his hand in the dirt. Like, what does that look like? Yep. But while I was doing that, you key in on Alvin Williams. First of all, there's plays where he gets unblocked because the offensive line screwed something up, gets in the backfield. I think that's what happened on the interception uh, in the red zone drills. The, it was kind of a weird play because it would have been a sack, but yeah. instead he threw it, and he probably wouldn't have thrown it, but it was just like, what do Insult I do? I got Yeah, exactly. But um, he's getting the backfield doing that stuff, but also when the offense is running counters – just the way that he is getting around inside, beating the blockers kind of across. Across not, their not, face. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, the, he understands what's going on out there, and he has all the physical tools to be successful. Um, Stat-wise, um, let's see. There's Mr. Williams. Alvin Williams, they have him with one total tackle, nothing else. But it was everywhere. Yeah, he was it felt in the backfield, like. living around there. And it, it, and if you were out there, you just noticed the camo, and you kept seeing it pop up, you know, <laughs> yep. in, in the middle of a play. Um, he was impressive. He was. He was. Okay, so this one's going to gonna be an interesting one for me because it's almost like a what-if Okay. helmet sticker because there were some plays left out on the field by this guy. Interesting. But I like – he's a weapon, and it's Jaylee Stacks. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who I just feel like – He's unique, so you mm-hmm. need to find a way to use him because you aren't all that unique as a team. Yep. Uh, you know, you have some nice receivers, you have some nice running backs, you have an, uh, hopefully a nice quarterback. You don't have anyone who, like, pops out to you as like, oh, this guy's a mismatch nightmare. Yep. And I think Jaylee Stacks can be that. Now, I, do, I don't like seeing him run out of the shotgun. 
That's um, fair. I, like, I just don't want to see that. Yep. Um, I, I want to see him run downhill, head of steam out of, like, the power eye or yep. just out, you know, out of single back. He, once he gets his, his, you know, his load moving, he's a lot to handle. And then you had two different situations where he could have had big catches. Yep. And he, le- and he dropped them. And that's worrisome for me. But I almost think of him as, like, a can you use him in, like, a Kyle use check role? And that is the plan. That's what they want to do. And it, because I think with Kyle Juszczyk, obviously what he's good at is the versatility. Like, he yep. can catch balls out of backfield, he can block. But what gets missed a lot is his pass protection. Yes. And so you bring him in in the shotgun, and this is another thing the Buffs have been lacking for forever is that receiving back. Jay Lee, probably your best pass protector in those situations. And on top of that, he is right up there with your best receivers as well, the way that he can bra- break tackles after the catch. Yes. And those two drops today, both like six yards downfield on third and nines, you're like, okay, maybe he has to break a tackle to pick up the first. That's why you get it to him, right? Because you're like, I think he can break a tackle. Probably. But you start to see why they like him and how well-rounded he is, all the different things he can do. I think, I mean, Darian Hagan already told us he is going to be on the field this season. Good. He is going to to be doing things this season. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, again, when you go to the spring game, it's more about eye test. And I looked out there and I said, ooh, that's a unique player who can cause mismatches for you, who can make things difficult. Like, you know, you line, even if you, I assume they're going to line him up at fullback quite a bit. Yep. You know, I'm imagining like a, a power eye where he's, he's a little flexed out and you run play action to that side and he's just flanking out to the flat, like full yep. speed. And you just dump it off to him. You hope to, you know, have him open. There's mm-hmm. no one there. If not, he turns up field, and he's going to be really difficult to tackle for those guys way out there on the edge. Totally, yeah. I'm I'm really excited about him. Um, kind of on the same note, uh, Eric Olson was a guy who's been one of the big names of camp. And 87. 87. Okay. He had a rough day today. Yeah. I don't I don't think he caught a ball. No, he didn't catch a ball. Which again, like after the first practice, I, I think he caught five in the first practice, four in the second practice, five in the third. And so he's just everywhere making plays, scoring touchdowns every practice, every day or hearing about Eric Olson. But but didn't catch any balls today. And on top of that, kind of struggled blocking. There were a couple uh, there was the play I couldn't tell if it was Jamar or Guy. I think it was Jamar now who pushed him yes. over afterward. Yes. On that play, it's like two tight ends to the right side. And he's the inside tight end, and Jabar, Jamar just beat him across his face, yep. took out the running back, and then just shoved him over afterward. And there, there were a couple other bad blocks. It's a tough scene. It was a rough day for Eric Olson out there. Yeah. Um, but again, like he's he's been good throughout camp. You gotta trust it. You know they need to block a little What's bit better. His story? Colorado kid. Yeah, from Colorado. From Colorado, didn't do anything last year. Was just on the bench last year. Um, but has been kind of probably the number one star like name that keeps coming out of this camp. Wow. Um, and he looked good in the first scrimmage too. He had a nice catch and a broken tackle, another another catch later on as well. But but a little bit of a rough day for him. Where I was going though, Jamar Montgomery, he makes that play. That's his tackle for loss, his one on the day. He made other tackles. I and mean, this edge group is just ridiculously deep. And again, if you're going from three four to four three, all of a sudden you're asking, instead of having those two outside linebackers up on the last scrimmage, it looked like you're probably just going to be putting one at a defensive end spot. Yep. That's why you're seeing Guy Thomas with his hand in the dirt. You're seeing Jamar right there with his hand in the dirt. But 
You have those two out there. Chance Main was out there quite a bit. Um, you have Devin Grant, Alvin Williams, who we already talked about. I, I guess I'm going edge-edge with both of these. That is a, an incredibly deep group. And honestly, you probably expect one of them to transfer after this spring just because there are so many of them mm. now that I think of it. Yeah, it's interesting. I got to admit, you know, you mentioned the two guys who stood out to me on the defensive side mm -hmm. of the ball. That's it. I think that's fair. But I also think that there wasn't much else to be done back there. That's fair, too. Like, again, they, they basically shut down that running game. I mean, other than Charlie Offerdahl, but we're going to get to him in a second. Um, <laughs> I don't He was surrounded by 10 reporters today. Like, do you think that Charlie Offerdahl, who's a second-year walk-on running back, like that he had this in the cards, like, at this point? <laughs> no, I'm happy for him. I I'm happy for him, too. I hope it's not, like, the, the moment of his career. Like, I hope he gets it. Yeah. He looked like he's seeing the field he's really quick. well. He's yeah. quick, and he's running guys over. But we'll get to that in a second. I mean, the de defense was kind of just collapsing most of what the offense yeah, did. Yeah. Um, and then the passing game, like, I guess there were a couple plays that you could ask those DBs to make. But even Trevor Woods afterward was saying, like, like when he was asked how he f thought he played, he was like, eh, I mean, I made a couple tackles. I mean, I was never really involved in the passing game at all. There was nothing, anything near me. And it's like, yeah, I like that's Trevor kind of Woods. the story for a bunch of those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was kind of – it's so hard to make these, like, big – takeaways yeah. i mean you've seen them twice i've seen them once yeah there's a lot of guys who like just didn't get any action like, yeah the safeties weren't tested at all uh there was no it took jordan throws. wolverton made the one interception in the end zone yes yes we've seen jordan wolverton twice who was a walk-on quarterback last year he has two interceptions in two practices that i've seen this year he played didn't he a little bit last year i don't know I don't know that he played. Oh, no. He was the walk-on quarterback. Oh, yeah. Walk-on quarterback. Yeah, now, okay, now. Durango, yeah. So he's going Sam Neuer style. He's, well, he's two-thirds of the way there. Yeah. Well, we'll see if senior year he flips back. back over yeah. and plays quarterback. Yeah. But he looked good, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just – it's weird in a game like that to, like – they there are obviously some certain things they wanted to work on. Um, mm -hmm. The concerning thing for me was how – inept the running game was and i think that's yep. a big i mean two two big runs from deon smith yep. so you give him that um and i've always felt like he needed the ball more we're probably going to see that this year mm -hmm. um but that i think that's why i came away with that takeaway of like oh they're going to need a lot of brendan lewis because yeah. this doesn't look like a mauler offensive line that's just yep. going to push you around and, and open up holes left and right uh jaylee like when he lined up out of the shotgun and they ran inside zone with him it was useless i know but it's he gets hit like half yard behind the line of scrimmage and then rolls falls for three, forward yeah. falls forward and it's two and a half and you're like ah could be worse right. last year was worse right yeah um so yeah i mean I'm, mm -hmm. i worry about the running game for me sure. too and me too alex Fontenot is a guy who could come in and and change that feeling like he has great vision yep. he's really good one cut and go style stuff um, so maybe he comes, you know, maybe if he was out there today and, and he, you know, had a good day for himself, we wouldn't be feeling that way. But it was a it was a concern for me. Yep. And then you also get Ramon Jefferson coming in, an FCS All-American for his senior year, and you'll see what he looks like. More of that bowling, CJ Anderson type of runner. Um, he wasn't out there? No. Okay. No, he'll be here over the summer. Um, and the other piece is Tommy Brown was out. So you're missing one of those guards. Uh, and so and he's like the best one maybe well if we could see him play we'd know for sure but yeah it, everybody has a bunch of great things to say about tommy 
I mean, it it helps that he's an underwear model. That's one of the things Noah was telling me yesterday. It was like, you know, we might be the best looking offensive line in the country. That's we I have a that's literal a underwear model. Like, uh, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> they're having a lot of fun. They're at called least, the which big uglies. They're called the big uglies for a reason. The big pretties. Yeah, I don't want the big pretties. <laughs> the big pretties. I want those guys uh, to go in there and and just look terrible. Uh, yeah. Smell bad. Like <laughs> yeah. you should, you should. The other team should walk out there and be like, ugh disgusted when disgusting. they see your offensive line yeah i do think though that like you bring back tommy that should help but also just the fact that you only have eight linemen today and you wind up that means you have two of them that are playing with the ones and the twos yeah and so you expect them to be a little bit more fatigued so there are excuses that you can find i guess but the truth is like in two scrimmages that defensive line has one and it's a defensive line that won without terrence lang as well yep so that's jalen sami and naim rodman and uh who else is making plays out there? I mean, honestly, the, those edge rushers look so good. Owen Carey, yeah. the the true freshman, uh, recruited as an outside linebacker, now an inside linebacker. He looked good. There were a couple plays where he was covering Brady Russell, one on like a fade up the sideline. He locked him down. Yeah, Brady was pretty quiet. Brady was quiet. That's another guy who I'm like, this guy needs the ball more. He's, yep. he's a unique thing that you can have in your offense yep. and like the other thing is that uh yeah it was it was mike sanford on monday saying the tight ends are part of the passing progression now so those tight ends are really excited which makes you think were they just literally not a part of the passing pre- there was no way that the tight end was going to get the ball the quarterback in no circumstance was going to look to the tight end on most of the plays last year it doesn't surprise me. It didn't happen. So. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, do you have another star for us? No, I would have. I would have okay. gone Deion Smith or the other the, the other running. That back. I was gonna go off or doll. Yeah, throw him a bone. I mean, he had the touchdown in the spring game last year too. Oh I, really? I, yeah. Like so far, he kind of has become a spring game. And at that point, he was an early enrollee. Wow. So he's an early enrollee scoring. Today he has two touchdowns. There's, there were some good runs in there. I think the final numbers, nine carries, 55 yards, 6.1 average. And again, like... When's the last time you saw a small white running back uh, like legitimately get carries in Division One football or higher? I imagine... Uh, like Danny Woodhead? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and I was going to say, I would assume he got carries. Yes, I didn't I see them, but I, would <laughs> I bet too. he got carries. Uh, it's just, I'm uh, not saying it can't happen, and I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just like, I'm having such a hard time imagining it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, second and five, and they're playing yeah. like Stanford or something. <laughs> exactly. How much does he weigh? Like 180 pounds, maybe? I'll look it up, but yeah. And the other thing that does come out, though, with, with him and Hestera is just everybody really likes them. Everybody in the locker room really likes them. They're like They work really hard. Yep. They're always in the weight room doing those sorts of things. And that's what Brendan Lewis was saying afterwards. Like, yeah, they deserve to be rewarded for, for the effort they put in. Again, like, Charlie Offerdahl wants to work his ass off, then who knows? Maybe maybe there is a spot for him in the rotation. 5'11", 185. Okay. So that means he's... Five nine and a half and one seventy eight. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, he is—he looks tiny, tiny <laughs> out there. But he's shifty, doing it all against the twos, I believe. Yeah, or twos worse. and threes. Yeah, um, which you know that always makes it difficult too. But he kind of—he did it. Kind of looks shifty. <laughs> he looks super shifty. <laughs> I don't know. Was, I'm that, not against it. I'm. 
how could you be? Exactly. You'd have to be evil to be against Charlie Offerdahl. Um, real quick, sexy pizza. I actually had sexy pizza on Friday before the Nuggets game. Yeah, yeah. that was Friday. Uh, What'd you go with? So I got the pepperoni. Okay. Because you always, you know, it's. I feel like that is the pizza. Like I think everything. Whenever you tweak it, you're just lessening the amount that it is pizza. Like, you're changing oh. the way it should be. It's like, you want to do pepperoni sausage? It's like, yeah, it might taste good, whatever, but it's just not It's not what's supposed to be. You want to take the pepperoni off and go cheese? Like, okay. But I do think pepperoni is just what pizza should be, and then you kind of tweak it from there. I don't think pepperoni is all that much better than cheese. Oh, uh, I agree. But I would go sausage over pepperoni all day. Yeah, I, I, I go pepper. Again, it's a pizza. When else are you gonna eat pepperoni? Never. Like that's what it's for. I think it was specifically is the invented. Overrated meat. Except on pizza. Like if you were walking <laughs> around with like a pepperoni sandwich, I'd be like, Brian, what the hell are you doing? You get but yeah. pepperoni at like Subway on your like Italian BMT. Yeah. I can promise you that pepperoni's stale. <laughs> no, nobody's eating that pepperoni. There literally says eat fresh. What do you think of uh, uh, the the Hawaiian pizza? All in. Yeah. All in, 100%. My whole thing is like, why are we gatekeeping what people eat? That's if it fair. tastes good to you, I'm I'm happy for and you. And that's, that's my I thing. I saw a TikTok about a girl who likes to dip her uh, pizza in soy sauce. Yeah. If you like it, do whatever you want. If you think that needs more salt. I did see that. Yeah, there was a video that went viral from a baseball game today of a guy dipping <sighs> his hot dog in his beer. Why would you do that? You know what? I think that might actually do something, uh, do a favor to a beer, but it's not going to help the hot dog. That's an like interesting Like a little, take. you know, add a little saltiness to the beer. I could see how that could help. Totally. Especially with like your shit, whatever piss beer that you got for $16. I know. I know. Yeah. My thing with pineapple on pizza though is like, does it belong there? No, of course not. That doesn't make any sense. Does it taste good? Yeah, sure and so does. I eat it. Yes. Like also the Canadian bacon. Like if you go with a Canadian bacon mm -hmm. and our ham and pineapple, like either one. Like does Canadian bacon exist anywhere other than pizza? <laughs> I don't think so. You'd have to ask Canadians. <laughs> you would have to ask the Canadians. My, I guess. Yeah, like as it relates to like pineapple on pizza. When you're eating pizza, you're going. You're pretty much gonna have no refreshing element in that meal. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have like pizza and beer or like pizza and wings. There's nothing that's like refreshing. That is true. And you have that when you get that little bite of pineapple, you're like, ooh, this is refreshing. Yeah. This it's is a nice. Yeah. So Juicy. Exactly. There's water in it. <laughs> that's is. what it is. <laughs> you're getting hydrated Life, while you yeah. eat pizza. <laughs> um, we haven't even talked about my buffalo chicken pizza yet. Oh, you had a buffalo chicken pizza? Which I'm usually against. Cause really? Again, like how... How, how much further could you get from a pepperoni pizza? Okay. Like, because sure. you're taking the sauce off, you're throwing buffalo sauce on. Yep. I swear even the cheese is different. Like, the you're putting chicken on a pizza. Which, you, so chicken's I, everywhere. You don't need to put it there. I really love a barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's way better than a buffalo chicken really? pizza. Really? Yeah, I like them both. I Honestly, yeah. Because, but I've only had, like, barbecue chicken pizzas from, like, good places. Yeah. like Like, golf course restaurants. Yeah. They also serve pizza and they're like 20 bucks. And you're just like, yeah, this is really good though. I just remembered when we were in New Orleans this most recent time. Okay. Very many drinks deep. S dozens of drinks deep. Uh, we hit a pizza place. It was the last place on Bourbon Street that was like still open. Who knows what time huh. it was. Um, 
and they were like about to close and they let us come in anyway they had a couple slices left one of them was a barbecue chicken pizza with cinnamon pears on it now who would do that <laughs> these people and it was legitimately delicious there's no way it was so good Isn't i would eat it again right now if imagine if the internet like the internet goes crazy about yeah. the pineapple on pizza wait till they find out about pears uh, on pizza wait till they find out about sweden doing curry and bananas on a pizza yeah we don't need to talk about sweden today <laughs> um was was any of that pizza better than sexy pizza um no I was worried but, for a second. But I do recommend <laughs> Sexy Pizza add the barbecue chicken and spiced pear. Okay. We'll, we'll talk to them about that. Uh, you guys can talk to them, too, if you go to any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill. They also have a new location in Trinidad, Colorado. It just opened. They've got all the different sizes of the pizza, all the different toppings, the sides, all that stuff. Gluten-free options, vegan options. Go to www.sexy.pizza, and you'll get all hooked up with uh your pizza options hell yeah that's so hard for me to say they do green chili on the pizza which is huge yeah but www.sexy.pizza i always want to add a dot com dot com yeah just a website without a dot com we were running out of dot com so we just started doing you could do dot anything must be dot pizza yeah because like at first it was like country codes like you could do dot uh -huh. ue or like eu is, yeah, yeah. yeah dot eu that's what i meant well, even, yeah, it would, UAE. Yeah, even, the UAE would be a thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Now you are you going just... on the dot UAE websites? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Some uh, oil insights. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Now you could do dot anything. Wow. Look at how far we've come. Maybe we should do like Denver dot sports. Denver dot sports. Dot pizza is fine though. Yeah. It's working for them. It is. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk big picture. When we talk about what you're you're happy with with this team going forward, what really concerns you about the 2022 season? Talent. Yeah. Uh, that really concerns me. Yeah. Because the to me the way that this team is going to win games is by beating them in other ways. You're just not like. <laughs> I hate to like bring bring back old stuff, but like imagine Drake London last year. Yeah, it's like oh they have the most talented player on the field, so they're just gonna keep giving in the ball, and there's nothing that even Christian Gonzalez can do about yep. it. Um, so the Buffs have no one like that, um, mm -hmm. and it's pretty obvious. And mm -hmm. so then my biggest concern becomes coaching. Now, it's not a concern that they've done anything to earn other than Carl Durrell, mm -hmm. um, but like a lot of these guys are new, and. It really comes down to offensive coaching. Can you scheme this team into the end zone? I don't know if they can. So that's a huge concern for me yep. because this is the only way that they're going to win games is by out-scheming teams. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a couple teams where the talent level is comparable. But mm -hmm. to do anything, you know, to make a bowl game, which is you know, yep. 20 years ago and the goal, um, <laughs> you're going to have to be really, really sharp game planning and scheming and executing that game plan. So yep. that those are my two biggest concerns. Um, and, you know, again, I, I truly believe that Brennan Lewis is trending towards a player who might be able to make some plays that win you games. Um, but until I see that and until I see that mm -hmm. this offensive coordinator, Sanford, right, yep. um, can scheme it up, yep. I'm going to be really concerned. Yep. And, again, if we're talking about bowl games – you look at that four-week stretch, or I guess five-week stretch because there's a bye, beginning of October, that's really going to decide what happens this season. 
Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, Arizona State. Arizona, Arizona State, those should be the two worst teams in the Pac-12. Mm. Cal and Oregon State should be right there as well. So if you can find a way to win those games, then all of a sudden the door is open. But that really, to me, is that defining part of the season. Again, like TCU coming off a 5-7 and seven season, should you should be able to at least give, a, give them a run. Air Force. At home, right? Yeah, yep. at home. Air Force, like... Like, how how can you not beat Air Force is always the first thing that comes to mind. But We're then it's like triple Force. option. It's 10. <laughs> it's a 10 to, yeah, it's. That's on the road, I, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But it's all. Oh, you're still going to have a home field advantage. So it's Air eight, Force. Eight home games this year? Basically. Nice. Or no, because. Uh, no, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's fair. And then Minnesota is on the road. But again, like Minnesota is not good. Like they're they're solid. Like of what they win five games again last year. Yeah. But it's Shut not like out. they have the. Te- I know. But yeah, that was thirteen zero in the third quarter. I know. It's thirty to zero at the end, which is what you see because that's how the scores work in right, football. Right, right. But how they couldn't find a way to get two touchdowns in that first half. Give me a touchdown, a field goal, and it's competitive. Give me a field goal. Oh my God! Please, a field goal. It's Give crazy how good goals. a field goal. Helmet sticker, Cole Becker. Yeah, he made everything. Give me the field goals. He did. I mean, he he deserved a star. He did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Cole Becker is. He's good. A weapon. The weapon. <laughs> the weapon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you're right though. You look at it, and they're high on Daniel Arias, and again, new coaching staff. There's a part of me that thinks like, we've been through this before. Maybe maybe you guys have. How many hours is he spending on the jugs every day? So many hours, and it's but that's been the thing for three years now. Ever since I cover it, I cover the buffs. It's every day you, you ask for Daniel Arias, and it's like okay, thirty minutes after practice, you get to talk to him because he's over on the jugs. But his problem isn't on the, the seven jug, yard yeah. passes yeah. that are when at you're t- right at your chest. They're being fired as hard as possible. The one, <laughs> the tough ones that get lobbed up over the top. Same so, thing with Jerry Judy, where it's like spend all the time on the jugs machine that you want. It's not going to matter. You need to catch real. Should- Passes. It should train you to train your hands to close your hands and your eyes to be one. That's yeah. the whole point of it. Um, so hopefully it can't hurt. Right. I mean, they should also be spending 30 minutes throwing him contested balls. Like ha- have a coach stand out there with like a yep. wiffle bat, yep. you know, and he's have him run a little fade route to the corner of the end zone. Have the coach wave it in his face. <laughs> yeah. We got maybe Jack Hysteria has some tips for him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a concentrate. It's all concentration. Yeah. Can you lock in on the ball and have your hands, you know, mm-hmm. all work as one? Yep. For whatever reason, there is a disconnect for him there. There is. But again, you're right. There isn't that one guy who can just take over, unless 24 year old Daniel Arias is the one who actually turns that corner. But you look at Montana Lamonius Craig, and it's like, yeah, he's going to be a really good player for you. This year, though, is he an All Pac-12 player? Probably not. Like, he'd have to take a big jump to get there. Like, he'd, he'd make some plays. He has the body for it. All those sorts of things. The chemistry is building. They're putting in a lot of work together. But So, let me ask you that. Yeah. Who on this team is most likely to be all Pac-12? Ooh. That's a good one. Um, Casey Roddick. I think Casey Roddick comes comes to mind quickly. Um receivers again it's just so much of a crapshoot you can't pick one i think rj would be the one that you would pick yeah um running backs again i think you're splitting those carries at least two ways that's gonna hurt 
Defensively, you go Terrence Lang up front, Jalen Sami up front. Nyam Rodman is probably behind those guys. So you can't name him. Yeah, You're not going to get three of them. Right. Um, and then, again, those corners probably not this year. You're you're within two years, assuming everybody sticks around, which has been the issue. But you're within a couple years of having potentially the best cornerback group in the Pac-12. What these freshmen sophomores have been doing is pretty crazy. But again, are they going to break through on a team that's likely to go four and eight? Who out of them uh, would be most likely? I'm so Kalen Moore. Nico Reed, Josh Wiggins. Those are the three that you think about. So Nico Reed, Kalen Moore, they they both got a lot of reps last year as true freshmen. Um, Josh Wiggins is a true freshman early enrollee who's making plays. Uh, those those are three that stand out. You also have Nigel Bethel back from last year. Yeah. He missed the second half of the season, but when they were going man against everybody last year, he was responsible for covering the number three. So Gonzo has the one, Makai has the number two. It's not the sexiest thing that could happen is that you lock down number three receivers, but it's you did not your bad. Job. You did what was asked of you. Yeah. So somebody out of that group is going to, I, one of those four is going to be all Pac-12 eventually. Mm. This year, I doubt. Yeah. I doubt it. But yeah, I think that's probably where you look. Robert Barnes is like an outside. Look, Guy Thomas is probably a good one. Okay. So then let me ask you this. Who out of anyone that we didn't see today are you most excited about? That's a good question. I mean, Terrence Lang is an easy one. Tommy Brown is an Terrence easy Lang, one. Outside chance, all Pac-12. Yeah, definitely. Um, like just physical tools, he's right up there. I mean, he's probably number one on the team. Yep. Um, who else? So Tommy Brown is another one. Um, Penry, I'm really excited to see. Uh, Ramon Jefferson, when he comes in, really excited to see him because that's kind of the you have Alex Fontenot's kind of a solid baseline. Yep. And if Ramon is better. Then all of a sudden you're talking about like okay this you could have something in this backfield. What was his? Didn't he put up insane numbers? Yeah, we can we can look those up. But like all American for a team that uh, I think minimum made it. I think they won the national championship once and made it to the semifinals of the FCS the other year. And and, and the reason I ask this question is because I think that if you went today, you came away with the same feeling that I did, which was like where is the talent on this team? Yeah, there was a lot of talent that wasn't out there. That, yeah, for sure. You know, it, it, Terrence Lang being like the first one, like that's a that's a star caliber player already. You know, he has yep. he's a player that if you're a Buffs fan, you know his name. Um, Penry, you know, is a solid wide receiver. Um, Ramon Jefferson is like an X factor, I would say. Yeah, um, potentially. What were the numbers last year? Eleven hundred fifty-five yards, six point seven yards per carry, with thirteen touchdowns. He's He's had two thousand yard seasons. Also had over or had six yards carry the year before. Like, does it translate? Is the only question. Right. And you know, you can look. I've posted the Twitter thread. I, I think it does. That's yeah, exciting. It is exciting. So yeah, I mean, there's a there were a lot of good players who didn't play today. Yep, there were. Isaiah Lewis is another one. Where it's right. like he's been one of your key pieces for a while now. Yep. Just out of nowhere, Mel Tucker wanted nothing to do with him, and then. New staff comes in, and you have him locking up tight ends every game. There's so much staff change around I here. I know. It is. These coaches are so smart, though. It has been so much fun talking to them. Just, like, hearing that they – again, like, I don't want to talk badly about Darren Cheverini, but you, you have the conversation with Mike Sanford on Monday and hear about all the things that he's thinking. And, you know, 
we're not going to be too set in stone every single week. We're going to be watching all the NFL games, seeing what the newest thing in the NFL is, trying to incorporate whatever is being used at that point. Like all those sorts of things that you look at, and you're just like, this is a good team. And then you go back and think about what was happening last year. It's like, this is uh, the coordinator spot you upgraded. Offensive line coach, you clearly upgraded. You brought in a, a very good NFL wide receivers coach to be your wide receivers coach. That is a very big upgrade there, too. Yes. So coaching-wise, Clay Patterson, you brought in somebody who's now your passing game coordinator at the tight end spot. How do you not expect them to be more productive in the passing game this year? Like, that's it's why that happened is because they were not productive enough last year. Carl wanted that to be how this works. And then defensively, like, there's a lot to like, too, but the coaches are better. The talent probably took... The talent took a dip. The experience that you gained, though... How much does that cancel that out? How much does good coaching cancel everything out? And where do you wind up? Who knows? What's so uh, disappointing is just how how bad they were last year. Yeah, um, nearly unwatchable. Yep. And that really took the wind out of the sails. In fact, yep. I thought it took the wind out of the sails so much that I didn't think I was gonna have to wait in line at the garage sale today. I was <laughs> wrong about that. It cost me probably some dope gear. Yep. Um, but it doesn't. I, it, it's not only like the wind is dying down in the sails. It feels like there's absolutely no wind in the sails of the program right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel excitement from my friends. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel it from my family who yep. are big Buffs fans. And the schedule at least sets up for them if they play it the right way mm-hmm. to get some back. Because... Yeah. You know, it's not the yeah. it's not the gauntlet that you had last year where you had to play a top five team in the first couple of weeks, yep. you know, like there is a little bit of a chance here to okay, go beat TCU, then what is it? TCU, Air Force, Minnesota. Minnesota. So win your first two, which again I <laughs> I, I have deep PTSD <laughs> from the last time we saw Air, Air Force. Force. Um but win those first two and at least you'll get people you'll get people's eyes again. But it's tough. It's gotta be really tough for this program right now. Yeah. To build any sort of excitement, you That's go like thing, look though. at like the Twitter responses any day. Yep. It's all negative. It's it's there's a dark cloud over the program right now, and it's because it's not because they were bad last year, because they've been bad for a long time. Yep. It was because they were legitimately unwatchable. That offense. Yes. That offense was. Yeah, I mean the, abysmal. No, they passed better than three teams, the three service academies. I mean, you and know, it was close. I've been to hundreds of games. Yeah. It, it, you know, over the last twenty years. Never, never, ever, ever have I seen anything that bad. Yeah. So that's that's what they're trying to recover from right now. And the only where only place there's any excitement is from the team. Like the players are more excited than ever. The coaches are incredibly excited. Like Carl's fired up every day, and they have negative expectations. So there is that. All yeah. they can do is outperform them. Totally. I mean, the expectations are nil, none. Yep. No one thinks anything of them. Yep. So you're playing with house money. Totally. But then I, it is nice to hear things like Noah Fenske saying, this is the, the closest group I've been a part of. Like whether it was here last year, whether it was at Iowa the year before. Um, like you just have so many guys saying things like that where it's almost like this – saying it's like a, a F you to, to the guys who left is a bit strong because it's more of like a, okay, cool, whatever. Like get out of here. We're going to be just fine without you. And that's how they all feel. And then you look at him, and it's like, yeah, Mr. Williams, you still think of him as a guy. Like, I was covering the team when he showed up. And then I went and talked to him this week, and you're like, 
you're a grown man. Yeah. You do look like you should be out there hitting guys who are headed to the NFL. Yeah. And, and so there is like a lot of that sort of talent that I do think is in there. James and just saying, sorting through it all. James saying the students aren't excited either. You know what? I hope that they're able to gain some excitement just because they were so awesome last year. Yeah. Uh, the students were the best part of the season. Totally. They kept showing up, kept being packed, made it so much more fun for everyone there. So yep. I hope that happens again. I think it will. I do too. Um, and then I think we have one question here from Brett. So let's get to that. Yeah. Speaking uh, receivers, would love to hear the discussion of where Arya Sneed and Lamonius Craig stand. Um, well, I think that is interesting. How is How are they going to line those guys up? Probably Sneed in the slot. I guess Sneed in the slot. And the big question That's is... That's a huge upgrade from uh, Dimitri Stanley. It is. It is. And if you think of... It's weird how the competition isn't just like one-to-one. Because Penry is probably pretty close to the next guy up on that list to break into the rotation. Yeah. But if he breaks in, Daniel and Montana are probably the two that you're looking at falling back. And so I think he goes to slot with RJ outside. And it's different than the NFL in college. And I don't know who I'm telling yeah. this to right now. But, um, like, in college, you can use Arius uh, three straight plays to just run people off and then take him out. And then someone yep. else ro- rotates in. Like, there's so much more rotation. Yep. It's not like the NFL where, like, Cortland Sutton is going to be out there on almost every single play. Totally. And, and that's why they're going to be at least six deep. It's kind of fun to try to put these guys in order right now, though. Like, RJ's your number one. I think Montana's your number two right now. I go Daniel number three. I think that that's where you stand as of today. But then it opens up. Like, Maurice Bell, I wouldn't be surprised if they see him as the number dope four. Dope catch. Play of the day. Yeah, probably. One-handed. Yeah. Far sideline. And then, and then you got... Ty Robinson, who could be right there. Chase Penry, right there. Jalen Jackson, right there. And you got another group of freshmen coming in. So Jalen Jackson has legitimately been on the team since I was covering the team. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yes. But again, like Daniel Arias is 24 this season. Jalen Jackson's Jaylen probably got to be right there too. Yeah, I love the kid, by the way. But I legitimately remember writing the story about his commitment. <laughs> That was a long time ago. October 23rd, 1998. So he's 24 too? He's about, he'll turn 24. He'll turn 24. That can be an advantage, you know, just having, like, first of all, he should know everything there is to know uh, about college football offense. Yeah. Um, But you just have men out there that makes a big difference for you. Just need him to stay healthy. All right. I think that does it for today. Yep. Um, if you guys want to watch, we'll be playing Madden later. I'm so fired up about this. It's either tonight or tomorrow. Do you have an objection to it happening tonight? <laughs> yeah. We'll I mean, see. I've got a nice three hours of writing to do. Could do that after. Could do that. There's a, there's a way to make it, it work. We'll yeah. see. We'll NFC Championship contact. game in the DMVR Madden League. It's big time. First it's ever big time. DMVR matchup in the championship game. In the playoffs, right? No, I, someone reminded me that I beat Zach like seventy-five oh to ten God. once in the first round. How did round. Zach make the playoffs? <laughs> what the hell? Oh my God, we ruined this stat for Zach. Yeah, oh my God, we did. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for today. That'll do it for spring ball, which is crazy to think about. Summer starts tomorrow. They'll be back in June for some summer workouts. Fall camp in August. Get twenty-five more practices there. The season's right around the corner. It's, Can't wait. It's crazy. I think a week ago is the halfway point between the end of last season and the beginning of next season. Wow. So close to getting back to it. 
thanks everybody for watching and uh we'll be back soon